episode 28. Hermione gasped and started making suggestions at once, mentioning a number of reference books and everybody from Albus Dumbledore to Madame Pomfrey, the Hogwarts matron. Ron simply looked dumbstruck. But he wasn't there, was he? You know who? I mean, last time your scar kept hurting, he was at Hogwarts, wasn't he? I'm sure he wasn't in Privet Drive, said Harry. But I was dreaming about him. Him and Peter, you know, Wormtail. I can't remember all of it now, but they were plotting to kill someone. He had teetered for a moment on the verge of saying, me. But it couldn't bring himself to make Hermione look any more horrified than she already did. It was only a dream, said Ron bracingly. Just a nightmare. Yeah, but was it, though, said Harry, turning to look out of the window at the brightening sky. It's weird, isn't it? My scar hurts, and three days later the Death Eaters are on the march, and Voldemort's sign's up in the sky again. Don't! Say his name, Ron hissed through gritted teeth. And remember what Professor Trelawney said, Harry went on, ignoring Ron, at the end of last year? Professor Trelawney was their divination teacher at Hogwarts. Hermione's terrified look vanished as she let out a derisive snort. Oh, Harry, you aren't going to pay attention to anything that old fraud says. You weren't there, said Harry. You didn't hear her. This time, it was different. I I told you, she went into a trance, a real one. And she said the Dark Lord would rise again, greater and more terrible than ever before. And he'd manage it because his servant was going back to him. And that night, Wormtail escaped. There was a silence in which Ron fidgeted absent-mindedly with a hole in his Chudley Cannon's bedspread. "'Why were you asking if Hedwig had come, Harry?' Hermione asked. "'Are you expecting a letter?' "'I told Sirius about my scar,' said Harry, shrugging. "'I'm waiting for his answer.' "'Good thinking,' said Ron, his expression clearing. "'I bet Sirius he'll know what to do.' "'I hoped he'd get back to me quickly,' said Harry.' We don't know where Sirius is. He could be in Africa or somewhere, couldn't he? said Hermione, reasonably. Hedwig's not going to manage that journey in a few days. Yeah, I know, said Harry. But there was a leaden feeling in his stomach as he looked out of the window at the Hedwig-free sky. Come and have a game of Quidditch in the orchard, Harry, said Ron. Come on, three on three. Bill and Charlie, Fred and George will play... You can try out the Ronsky fame. Ron, said Hermione, in an I-don't-think-you're-being-very-sensitive sort of voice. Harry doesn't want to play Quidditch right now. He's worried. He's tired. We all need to go to bed. Yeah, I want to play Quidditch, said Harry suddenly. Hang on, I'll get my firebolt. Hermione left the room, muttering something which sounded very much like bud. Neither Mr. Weasley nor Percy was at home much over the following week. Both left the house each morning before the rest of the family got up and returned well after dinner every night. 
It's been absolute uproar, Percy told them importantly, the Sunday evening before they were due to return to Hogwarts. I've been putting out fires all week. People keep sending howlers, of course. If you don't open a howler straight away, it explodes. Scorch marks all over my desk and my best quill reduced to cinders. Why are they all sending howlers, asked Ginny, who was mending her copy of 1,000 Magical Herbs and Fungi with Spellotape on the rug in front of the living room fire. Complaining about security at the World Cup, said Percy. They want compensation for their ruined property. Mundungus Fletcher's put in a claim for a 12-bedroom tent with all-sweet jacuzzi, but I've got his number. I know for a fact he was sleeping under a cloak propped on sticks. Mrs. Weasley glanced at the grandfather clock in the corner. Harry liked this clock. It was completely useless if you wanted to know the time, but otherwise very informative. It had nine golden hands, and each of them was engraved with one of the Weasley family's names. There were no numerals around the face, but descriptions of where each family member might be. Home, school, and work were there. But there was also lost, hospital, prison, and in the position where the number 12 would be on a normal clock, mortal peril. Eight of the hands were currently pointing at home, but Mr. Weasley's, which was the longest, was still pointing at work. Mrs. Weasley sighed. Your father hasn't had to go into the office at weekends since the days of you-know-who, she said. They're working him far too hard. His dinner's going to be ruined if he doesn't come home soon. Well, father feels he's got to make up for his mistake at the match, doesn't he? said Percy. If truth be told, he was a tad unwise to make a public statement without clearing it with his head of department first. Don't you! Dare blame your father for what that wretched Skeeter woman wrote, said Mrs. Weasley, flaring up at once. If Dad hadn't said anything, Elbreda would just have said it was disgraceful that nobody from the ministry had commented, said Bill, who was playing chess with Ron. Rita Skeeter never makes anyone look good. Remember, she interviewed all the Gringotts curse breakers once and called me a long-haired pillock. Well... It is a bit long, dear, said Mrs. Weasley gently. If you just let me... No, mum. Rain lashed against the living room window. Hermione was immersed in the standard book of spells, grade four, copies of which Mrs. Weasley had bought for her Harry and Ron in Diagon Alley. Charlie was darning a fireproof balaclava. Harry was polishing his firebolt the broomstick servicing kid Hermione had given him for his 13th birthday, open at his feet. Fred and George were sitting in a far corner, quills out, talking in whispers, their heads bent over a piece of parchment. What are you two up to? said Mrs. Weasley sharply, her eyes on the twins. Homework, said Fred vaguely. Don't be ridiculous, you're still on holiday, said Mrs. Weasley. Yeah, we've left it a bit late said George. You're not by any chance writing out a new order form, are you? said Mrs. Weasley, shrewdly. You wouldn't be thinking of restarting Weasley's Wizard Wheezes by any chance? Now, Mum, said Fred, looking up at her, a pained look on his face. 
if the Hogwarts Express crashed tomorrow and George and I died, how would you feel knowing that the last thing we ever heard from you was an unfounded accusation? Everyone laughed, even Mrs. Weasley. Oh, your father's coming, she said suddenly, looking up at the clock again. Mr. Weasley's hand had suddenly spun from work to traveling. A second later, it had shuttled to a halt on home with the others, and they heard him calling from the kitchen. Coming, Arthur, called Mrs. Weasley, hurrying out of the room. A few moments later, Mr. Weasley had come into the warm living room, carrying his dinner on a tray. He looked completely exhausted. Well, the fat's really in the fire now, he told Mrs. Weasley as he sat down in an armchair near the fire and toyed unenthusiastically with his somewhat shriveled cauliflower. Rita Skeeter's been ferreting around all week looking for more ministry mess-ups to report. And now she's found out about poor old Bertha going missing, so that'll be the headline in The Prophet tomorrow. I told Bagman he should have sent someone to look for her ages ago. Mr. Crouch has been saying it for weeks and weeks, said Percy swiftly. Crouch is very lucky Rita hasn't found out about Winky, said Mr. Weasley irritably. There'd be a week's worth of headlines in his house elf being caught holding the wand that conjured the dark mark. I thought we were all agreed that the elf, while irresponsible, did not conjure the mark, said Percy hotly. If you ask me, Mr. Crouch is very lucky that no one at the Daily Prophet knows how mean he is to elves, said Hermione angrily. Now look here, Hermione, said Percy. A high-ranking ministry official like Mr. Crouch deserves unswerving obedience from his servants. His slave, you mean, said Hermione, her voice rising shrilly, because he didn't pay Winky, did he? I think you'd all better go upstairs and check that you've packed properly, said Mrs. Weasley, breaking up the argument. Come on now, all of you.